0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast, the second of three dropping this week because we are very busy. I'm Jake Kowalski. We got Owen Reese here on the show, and we have been busy. Owen's been even busier than I am today with his travels, but we attended Wisconsin's annual Pro Day extravaganza, and according to Wisconsin, you go on their Twitter account, they said that all 32 teams were there, something that we predicted, uh, and you saw... Obviously, 13 former Badgers from this year's squad, this past year's squad, along with two former Badgers from years past, and then also UW-Whitewaters' uh, Nate uh, Truen, uh, also there. So, a lot to get into, and we got tons of audio coming up. Uh, we plan on pl- having audio from Dakota Dixon, who was a big winner for his 40-yard dash. Uh, you have also audio from Andrew Van Ginkle, who ran very well, who I think I, I think he set himself up pretty well to get drafted. You also uh you also hear from David Edwards and him working his way back from injury. And then uh we'll actually have we'll play some audio from uh, Nate Truin as well. So uh, a lot to get into, and we'll break it down here. Owen, oh, you know, uh one good senior again. First time I've seen you since the Minnesota game. And kind of just before we get into everything, uh, let's let's talk real quick about just I wouldn't say a fondness of pro maybe I would say it, but uh there's maybe some nostalgia. There's a there's a warm fuzzy feeling. I know pro days for just for those of you that don't know, sometimes pro days are just kind of hard to to cover. Uh just you're sitting around, we where we are, and Wisconsin does a great job. They they bring over the players. Uh, you'll hear a bunch of audio that we have up here. But you also have, you know, I would say. You know, it's just kind of hard to cover because we're farther away. So, you know, I rented a huge zoom lens to take pictures, which you'll see up on our Instagram page and on Twitter, on social media. We'll have that all up. But uh, I know for you and me, this is kind of our, I, this is the sixth one I've done. The uh, first one I did was in 2013, back when uh, Monty Ball and, you know, guys like Mike Taylor were all doing, uh, though, I think it was Marcus Cromarty was part of that group as well. That was my first pro day. And I still remember like Monty ball talking to Ted Thompson during that pro day. And all of us were kind of freaking out saying, Oh, he's going to go to the Packers. Well, he didn't. Uh, the Packers drafted Eddie Lacey anyways. But to me, that's why I have a fondness where he also, there's a, to me, there's a fuzzy feeling, not just for it being the first event I cover a Wisconsin event I covered, but it's also uh, you see these players working to live out their dreams. And that's, what's big to me where these guys, you guys like Ryan Conley, Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, Dakota Dixon, and his story, T.J. Edwards, others, uh, all the offensive linemen. It, it's just a very. It's fun to see the families there, and to see just the kind of the buildup and the energy, and just to see how many NFL personnel really are there. And oh, I love your thoughts about you know your experiences covering pro day and just what it means to you too.
1: Yeah, uh, I think. For one thing, I guess I think that I don't think I'm going out on much of a limb here to say that you and I probably enjoy covering pro day more than most of the media does, Uh, and that's That's no plug to them. But I think it's just something that we um, enjoy a bit more. I know, like for the reasons you mentioned, it's it's not the most user friendly thing. It's not the most uh, interactive or uh, or easy thing to cover. But uh, for sure, I I think it's it's something obviously. evaluation in the draft and and college football heading into the NFL is kind of my uh, not specialty, but it's, it's what I enjoy most. It's, it's uh, kind of my main focus throughout the year. So this is kind of a culmination of that. I think there's also something to it where um, it it seems a bit crazy to me that it's been this long already, but this was my fourth pro day um, already with, uh, with Bucky's fifth quarter. And While that four years probably seems like a lot in my mind, uh, it doesn't seem that long ago. I think one of the biggest things that you miss when you stop playing is the camaraderie uh, with your teammates and and, uh, your brothers and and playing with that and the close bonds that you develop. And and seeing guys like Corey Clement and Daria Gumbawale uh, and guys from the past, Rob Wheelwright was there today, uh, seeing them come back, I think that's awesome. Alec James, Connor Sheehy were there. And you kind of get that feeling back where you're there to support your buddies um, you know, like you mentioned, they're they're trying to achieve their dreams and you've got guys who uh who are friends uh from the past, um, some farther than others, but that have, you know, achieved theirs or at least attempted to had a cup of coffee with a team or, or whatever, someone like Clement who has contributed um in a big way to a Super Bowl win. So it's to me, there's a lot of nostalgia there, um, from my playing days and like I said, kind of the camaraderie and the brothership there, but um, brotherhood excuse me but i think too the same thing is 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 from a from an evaluation standpoint from a player um you know from a draft perspective observing the players and seeing them perform and evaluating their athleticism and stuff that's my kind of my thing my area of interest so uh it's like you said it's it's a a bit of a different atmosphere than most of the, the events we cover but it's something that i know you and i both enjoy and um you know, kind of has a special place in my heart too. So it's always a a good event to go do that, and um, you know, good enough to where I went to another one uh, after this. So um, <laughs> it was an enjoyable day and an enjoyable experience, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's for a lot of reasons, like I've obviously mentioned here, but um, for sure a good day.
0: Just for everyone that knows this, too, Wisconsin's released. Partial results. They we are still waiting from UW, the official times for players that participated in the 20 yard shuttle, the 60 yard shuttle, and the three cone drill. We are still waiting on that. So this is this podcast is if we have anything that comes up next week, we'll we'll hit back on this. Uh we'll do that. By the way, tomorrow night, I record recording on Wednesday night, we'll get this up tonight. Uh, but Thursday night we'll have a spring preview. Podcast up, and we'll uh, we won't have any updates on that one because that one's already scheduled, edited. We're good to go. But next week, if there are any updates that we see uh, in terms of shuttle runs and what uh, whatnot, we will let you know uh, our thoughts and if it changes any of our perspectives on that. But uh, you know, you look at how many NFL teams and UW stated it on Twitter; they had all of them uh, at the McLean Center. There's a lot of lot of teams there. It was a uh, to me, it felt like it wasn't as uh, the number of personnel weren't there as much compared to maybe last year's. Uh, but they had all thirty-two teams from the NFL. We saw them. We saw a lot of obviously position work. The Giants, where well, the New York Giants were involved in two of the drills uh, for offensive linemen, and then also for linebackers uh, before the interviews. The, the media availability started. Uh, but you, you know, I don't. I think it's a testament going to. Just what Wisconsin's built up with their tradition of sending players to the NFL, but also just teams, uh, they all know they have, you know, I don't think it was Oklahoma had their uh, pro day as well. I'm sure, and I'm, I know that you can obviously divide up scouting departments, but uh, it's a testament to Wisconsin's program to see all these teams out there scouting who, you know, potential players that could play for them at the next level.
1: Uh, absolutely, and and I believe Clemson had theirs today as well. Um, so between they and Oklahoma and, and Wisconsin, that's three fairly high-profile um, schools. And you're right, the teams obviously do split up their scouting assignments and stuff, but one thing I know that the NFL teams value about Wisconsin guys is they know what they're going to get uh, for the most part. Obviously, they're, we're all humans and we all do different things, but uh, for the most part, NFL teams know what they're going to get from from Wisconsin players and that's something that they uh that consistency kind of brings them back obviously we saw Reggie McKenzie was there today um kind of the second in charge with the Miami Dolphins uh after he was uh kind of ousted of out of Oakland last year um you know Pittsburgh had three to four uh coaches and scouts there as well um so certainly uh I know while probably Badger fans begin to take it for granted and, and we're a bit used to it. Um, I think NFL teams certainly value um, a lot of the the core traits that the Wisconsin program stands for. Uh, and I think that's, that's part of, you know, first of all, they know there's talent there. Uh, that's, that's the easy part. But um, I think that's part of what, what brings them back year after year is they know, uh, you know, they know what they're going to get and they know what's going on. And um you know they know what what they're seeing is the real deal.
0: And before we kind of get into more analysis, you know what? Let's talk to uh, let's play audio from one former Badger who officially, with his official you know time in the forty yard dash in Indianapolis was four point eight one. He improved that on Wednesday, and that was to uh, according to UW four point six two. He told us you'll hear us. He saw it maybe four five five four six. According to whoever stopwatches. But uh, Dixon improved that, and that was a big winner there. We'll get into winners and we'll play more audio, but for now, check out Dakota Dixon talking to reporters after Pro Day here on Bucky's fifth podcast. What,
2: what'd you uh, run in the 40? Uh, Something had me at a 460, 458, I don't know what's official. So everyone kind of has their own time.
0: But you it's should a probably- lot better than combine right yeah, how, yeah. How, that's how,
2: more what I was doing training so I feel I mean, that's who I am that's really what it is so. how big is that for you to, to do that to I'm run probably, a sub 4-6 it's big you know anytime you come in here and you execute you know what you've been training to do that's also you know that's obviously a win that's a plus for me you know I think the biggest thing today was I came out here and I have fun and you know that's a win for me that's a successful day I'm having fun I'm doing what I love I can't complain I really can't so I'm just thankful to be here, able to show off what I can do. So you look back on the last however many
0: years you've been here and you've overcome a lot of diversity on the
3: field. Um, what does it feel like right now to kind of be in this position at this
2: moment? Uh, it's a blessing. You know, I look back my whole life really. Um, and I just thank God to be you know at this position. You know, I truly do. I thank God, I thank all the people that's been there along the way helped me get here I didn't get here by myself at all so I'm just very thankful to be here you know like I I said I'm just having fun that's the biggest thing I think you got to live in your own skin you got to know who you are and have fun and I think I did that so I feel I'm just blessed incredibly grateful this was a dream achieved what would that be like to play pro football what dream or goal would that be for you that's that's a huge goal you know since something I've planned to do since I was young you know I knew you know where I come from I knew exactly what I wanted to do you know growing up so it was um, and now that it's right here in front of me is, you know, it's obviously, it's a blessing, you know, you can't take it for granted. i um, take the wins with the losses and just have fun with it. What's
4: been the message you've told teams about what you do well and what the selling points to? Um, I
2: think the biggest thing is I'm a general, you know, I'm very confident and knowing the, knowing the scheme, um, not only knowing my responsibility next week, my responsibility, but also aligning everyone else around me. I think that's just as important. You know, you can't play ball if you don't know what you're doing. So. Um, that's usually the first step to winning the championship. Um, so I, I feel like I do that well. I'm confident in, in you know, taking uh, accountability and ownership of whatever the team's asked me to do. You know, if that's on special teams, that special team defense, whatever it is, um,
3: I feel like I'll take control and lead that. So feel good about that. Could, when were you able to be healthy after the bowl game? And obviously not playing in the bowl game, but when were you healthy and able to start
2: uh, 100%? Uh, yeah, so after the bowl game, I got my ankle healthy, um, was training, um, getting back in shape, which was obviously a tough one, because I hadn't been running much. But um, at the East-West Shrine Game, I actually ended up hurting my groin in like one of the first practices, so um, it was a bummer. I would love to, you know, go out there and play and show what I do, or show what I can do. But um, I think, I, you know, I, I made the best of the experience, and I'm, I'm, I'm healthy now, and that's all that matters. So I feel good about it. Did that uh, affect any of your times at the combine? At all? No, it didn't. It didn't. I, I, after the East-West game, I I got healthy, I recovered um, as best as I could, obviously, and went ran. So I, I trained. I was fine. There's no excuses. I just had a bad start. My first 40 there. That was all stumbled a bit. Second one was a lot more me. So what was the second
3: one? Cause uh, four six two. Okay. Second
2: one. I said, they've been listening to you at four eight one. Four six one. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about that. I was like, yeah, that's not me, but. <laughs> I was, and you know what, that's good, though, because I know what I can run. You know, if you think that, I'm going to just show you otherwise. So sure. um, and I think I did that today. Um, validated two consistent times, and I think that was that's good enough. So. Dakota,
1: have teams just looked at you with safety, or is there any potential like cornerback as well with teams to talk to you about? Um,
2: not sure about corner. Maybe some nickel possibly. Um, but mostly I've been just talking about being a safety. So.
0: Do you, just from talking to teams, do you get a sense at all at of- – where you might go or your chances of being no, selected or
2: anything like no. that? No, not at all. You have no idea where you're going to go. Um, I leave that in God's hands. I pray and I take, I take care of what I can take care of, and that's just training and proper nutrition and all that. So um, I don't know where I'm going to go at all, honestly. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know if that's a draft pick, a free agent, a sign, whatever it is. I'm thankful to get an opportunity.
3: Any so. visits set up?
2: Um, As of right now, no. I still have to talk to my agents and – see what's you know what's everything's looking like after today so
0: now Dixon was one in my opinion one of the winners of the day in that 40 yard dash where he improved or of the day I should say in general uh, because of that 40 yard dash the 4.62 oh and also look at that Andrew Van Ginkle uh, 4.56 out of everyone that ran that was the fastest and if I'm not mistaken he he weighed in at the combine right around 240-ish, if I'm not mistaken, too. So I think that's a pretty good time for him to run uh, and depending on where they want to use him, uh, I I think those two really help themselves, at least in that category, on Wednesday.
1: Uh, Yeah, you're right. Um, Dakota Dixon, obviously, uh, NFL teams, I don't think, are necessarily expecting him to be this super high-profile athlete. Um, But the 4.81 that he ran... At the Combine, was um, it, it's borderline undraftable um, for almost any position in the back seven, but especially at, at safety. So the four six two 2 today certainly helps. <clears throat> I know a lot of players in the past have cited that they're more comfortable for the Badger Pro Day. They're sleeping in their beds that they're used to. They're in Madison. They're not um in Indianapolis and and the thing is I know we kind of talked about this a bit with Ryan Connolly, but by the time they test that's like their fourth or fifth day in Indianapolis uh so there's a lot going on there and uh the the player's ability to wake up like I said in a a familiar environment and and be around their buddies and have that encouragement uh both former and current teammates uh, I think that that does mean a lot as far as your psyche and your uh, just kind of your mental state heading into the day. So I think Dixon helped himself quite a bit, and you're right. Uh, Van Ginkle's time of the four or five, six is very impressive. He looked, I don't want to say, n- you can tell he's still growing into his uh, newly found weight, I think. And I don't, he still uh, looked good. You know, he wasn't uh, flabby or anything. Uh, but he certainly wasn't as tight or as yoked up as a lot of the guys are. And I think that's just a result of him continuing to put on weight to prepare for the NFL. Uh, being the JUCO guy, he only spent two years in a Power 5 weight program. Uh, I guess, yeah, two off-seasons in a Power 5 weight program. So he's getting there, but clearly he's an athletic dude. And uh, I know Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Vikings' son, Adam, was is their linebackers coach. And he was putting them through... Uh, their workouts today, along with uh, scouts from uh, the Giants and the Dolphins. But Zimmer was running some of those. uh, And Van Ginkle kind of reminds me of uh, Anthony Barr, who actually just recently re-signed with the Vikings. But he is kind of this, like, long, lanky, rangy linebacker that had played, like, a 3-4 rush linebacker in college. But I don't think he necessarily will do that in the NFL. And with Minnesota in particular, like I said, Barr plays, like, an off-the-ball linebacker role at like 6'5 and 250 and Van Ginkle isn't far off of those measurements and I think he's just kind of fits that physical profile so I think that with that that fast time today I think teams can be uh encouraged that way and um you know heading in I think you know Jim Nagy mentioned this I believe it was before the Rutgers game uh on Twitter when they kind of do their little potential senior bowl candidate profile things or whatever that NFL teams had interest in him off the ball. Um, you know, whether it's like a 4-3 Sam or or even um, maybe if teams wanted to kick him inside in a 3-4. So I think that that speed uh, helps him. Uh, his coverage ability, his experience dropping in the, the Badgers 3-4 I think helps him too. So uh, I expect him to interview well. He's It's almost a bit uh, not off-putting, but it very much catches you uh, by surprise when you have this very large person walk up next to you and he almost – Barely speaks over a whisper, uh, Van Ginkle does. So, um, you know, it, it's a bit surprising that way, but I think NFL teams he's going to interview well. Uh, he's, a, he's an articulate kid, he speaks well. Um, so I, I think that he was probably the other winner. I think he and Dakota Dixon are probably the two big winners. Today. Before
0: we're gonna have some quick audio with Andrew Van Ginkle in just a, a few minutes, uh, just as comparisons, and we're going to a com- kind of a comparison segment real quick, just looking at what Wisconsin did, for example. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, you know, he tested with the linebackers in Indianapolis, but let's just take a look at edge real quick for edge rushers. You're looking at 4.56. That would place him out of all those in the combine. That's would be fourth behind Florida States, Brian Burns and ahead of Michigan's chase Winovich. Now you look at linebacker, then he would be tied with uh, Washington's Ben uh, Burr Curvin. Uh, and that is, let's see, two, four, six. Uh, would we'll basically be tied, you know, uh, tied for seventh. In uh, if you would, you know, if you would have ran the forty yard dash out of the linebackers there, so that's something that's very interesting there. So I mean, like I said that's that's great for him and other ones. Uh, Olivier Song Apollos uh vert for thirty point five inch, uh five inches, which you know he's coming off. Uh, if you read Jason Galloway's. Uh, article about his uh coming back from injury and we if you would have read that he also didn't participate in the full combine not not every not many people can participate in the full combine unless uh you didn't necessarily obviously get invited to Indianapolis. Um but you know he that's comparative to Alabama's Quinn and Williams. Uh Xander yeah.
1: And also uh Qu- Quinn and William Quinn and Williams weighed in at three hundred and three pounds. Uh, at, the, at the combine, uh, Sagapolu told us today he weighed in and today at three twenty four, which he said was the lightest he's been in quite some time. He said he played around three forty, it was three forty five ish um, at Madison, so he's clearly dropped some weight there. So it's again just just from a uh, a density perspective, it stands right, up. We it's still impressive. don't
0: have. I mean, he did not run a forty. He didn't bench press. He also, you know, like he did broad jump. He did vertical jump. Uh, and then we're just waiting to see what he did in, in the three cone and the agility drills, uh, the the 20 and the 60. I think he probably did a, just the 20-yard shuttle, if I'm, memory serves me right. But we don't have those times yet. And I'm sure it, it sounded like he was happy with his performance, but we'll we'll go from there. Um, Xander Neville, 27 reps on the bench. Obviously, he was out for most of the last year with an injury. Uh, you know, I think it was, it was a knee, if I'm not mistaken, reportedly. Uh, but You know, 27 reps for bench, most by a tight end. uh, If he would have been in the combine. And obviously, he's more of an inline tight end. He's not uh, an H-back type player, but still impressive. Uh, And Taiwan Deal, for that matter, another, uh, he did not participate in drills outside of the bench press. And we're awaiting word and following up on that. Uh, But Deal's bench was tied for fifth. He had 24 reps. Uh, that would have been tied for fifth in the combine if he would have been invited among other running backs. So, but, you know, going real quick, Owen, to TJ Edwards. And he ran a 4.7740, not necessarily, um, you know, was it Uh, Ryan Conley ran a uh, 4.67? He said that he thought he could run a little higher in the higher 4.7s, talking to reporters after. The pro day, but overall, what you saw with his numbers, because he didn't, you know, all he did was bench press in Indianapolis. Your thoughts on on his performance today.
1: I I thought he he performed pretty well, to be honest. Uh, It was very apparent that he's 230 pounds. He looks quite a bit trimmer than he did uh and, and to be honest with you I don't think he had much bad weight on during the season but I'd venture to say that TJ probably played closer to 245 during the year and at 230 he looks pretty trim. Uh he's he's definitely noticeably leaner than he was. I think the 477 he ran is pretty good for him. Uh I as I've I've brought this up before and and again I I've made uh jokes in jest on twitter about him running in the four nines or or four eights i think four seven seven is respectable for him i don't think any nfl team that's drafting tj edwards is expecting some uh, track star at linebacker uh so while I, I he is a bit leaner than i think he'll probably end up playing at in the nfl uh i, I was happy for him uh, i think that four seven seven was pretty good uh as far as the the jump numbers go again um you know it's nothing like extraordinary or nothing eye popping but it's solid and and again n f l teams aren't you don't draft t j Edwards because you want some freak athlete at linebacker that's simply not what you're going to get and and n f l teams are are good enough with evaluation that they understand that and that was the deal is that t j edwards got the go back to school grade from the advisory committee because he wasn't athletic enough and he wasn't fast enough so here he is um still the same player still the same person uh just 15 pounds lighter which so i think he did fine um and i i i really think that he probably improved a bit i think he he looked very quick in the the 5105 he moved well during that and the 3 cone as well so pairing those we don't obviously as you mentioned earlier we don't have those official numbers but pairing that with the lighter weight with the decent 40 time under a eight. I think he probably had a pretty good day. TJ Edwards is very smart, and I think he's going to interview with NFL teams very well. So it's going to come down to the physical stuff. But I think, like you said, you have it in our notes here. It wasn't necessarily great, but, and I think that's probably what it was. It wasn't eye-popping. It wasn't phenomenal, but he did just fine. I think he um, did what he needed to do, uh, and and I think moving forward, I think probably quelled some of those concerns uh, that NFL teams and, and myself truthfully have had with with TJ Edwards.
0: And before um, we're going to come back, we'll talk more about just the visits and the workouts part of you with the, some of the post pro day uh, festivities that we had some availability. we talked talk with some of the players. We'll go through some of the visits and the workouts, but first let's talk. Well, let's play that all you from our discussion with Andrew Van Ginkle linebacker for Wisconsin talks about his 40 time, his preparation where teams are looking at, at him uh, at the next level. So let's do that and we'll take a quick break after that and we'll return uh, in just a few minutes here on Bucky's 5th Podcast.
5: Uh, 4, 5, 6 laser time. So. Happy, yeah. with,
0: happy, happy with it. that?
5: Yeah. Um, probably I feel I could have done a little better, but uh, it is what it is. I was happy with it, so can't be too, too mad about it. I know it's impossible to predict, but when you talk to NFL people, you feel like we drafted and you haven't how um, you play that? Yeah, it's it's kind of tough because every team uh, approaches it different. So, um, you're not exactly 100% sure when the, combo, or the draft comes. Um, it's not in my hands, so I try not to worry about it, Let I'm just going to let the rest take care of itself, so we'll see what happens. How much do you think you helped yourself
1: combine with some of the numbers?
5: Yeah, I believe it helped me. Um, I feel like I went in there and did my best and showed my ability that I can move and uh, get in and out of cuts quickly and things of that nature. And uh, Today, with my speed, I felt like I uh, showed that I had the speed to be able to run the tight ends and uh, cover back, so I was pretty pleased with how
6: I did. Clearly, you the to combine, but what is it like today to see kind of all eyes on you? And I think I counted on officially like 24 teams or whatever, but what was it like to do things today? Uh, it
5: felt good. It was good to be out there and just showcase my skills and uh, what I bring to the table, so and especially being around my teammates that have been with me this past couple of years has uh, meant a lot to me and I really appreciate it. You almost kind of feel like it only takes one team to like you, I mean, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, 100%. You just need one team to fall in love with you. Uh, That's what I've been telling myself this whole time, you know, just uh, just get one team that really likes you. And um, when it comes to game day, they're like, we gotta get this guy. Do
3: you have any visits planned at all after this?
5: Um, No, I I have. I believe I have one with the Vikings, but that's about it.
3: That's here or up there?
1: Uh, up there. Okay. Well, at what point last season did you feel like you were back to 100%? Because I know you dealt with it. You know, like yeah. High ankle deal
4: and yeah. And like it never kind of away.
5: Yeah, like- it lingered all year. I really didn't feel 100% until probably the bowl game, actually 100%. Because um, I retweaked it a little bit in the Penn State game. And that was like third to last game, I believe. So. I didn't really feel 100% confident on it, but as the season went along, I started to trust it more and, uh, yeah, it just went from there. Is that a discussion that you have with NFL people that
4: either if they watch the film they don't know you weren't 100% or
6: how do you obviously
1: look at the
5: film? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them knew that I had a high ankle sprain, so um, I get that question a lot, when were you healthy, Uh, when did you start feeling like yourself, and, you know, I've just gotta say the right answer and to be honest with you. Thank so, you. Andy. How are the, I mean, Where are the
0: teams kind of looking at you playing in
5: terms of the linebacker on the edge or? You know, the yeah, so, I got there? a little bit of both. Uh, I got also linebacker in a three-four defense and then playing the Sam, which is a stack linebacker in a four-three. So, based on team, it varies. And um, but for the most part, a lot of them have been pretty similar.
0: Welcome back to Bucky's Fifth Podcast, our pro day wrap-up edition. Jacob Korowski, we got Owen Reese here. Thanks for tuning in to Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Thanks for you know, reading Bucky's Fifth Quarter. This week we'll have we're gonna start some spring football previews. We'll also dive into obviously March Madness is coming forward coming forth. Uh NCAA tournament, Big Ten tournament for basketball. We'll have a preview up. Uh, tomorrow, probably at some point, once we figure out who wins between Maryland and Nebraska, uh, who will face number four seed Wisconsin on Friday afternoon. But back to football, back to pro day. Uh, just, uh, we had a chance to talk to some of the players after pro day and just talking about some visits and workouts now, you know, and, in, in Owen, maybe it's a good way to maybe to talk first, kind of break it down a little bit easier with people Uh Teams can come in and work out players. I like kind of a private set of workouts. Uh, so, you know, for example, uh, a Michael Dieter, uh, if we're going to go offensive line, said he had a bunch of workouts uh, planned for Madison, uh, but there is one visit that he was having to plan where it would go. He's going to go out to New York to, to meet with the giants who their offensive line coach, Hal Hunter was there and was working with Michael Dieter, Bo Benchwell. Dave Edwards, Micah Kapoy, and, and Nate Truen, um, the whitewater product. Uh, so, uh, but there's a difference between the two because the one's a private workout, but then there's a visit. There's also two types of visits, really. Uh, do you want to explain a little bit before we kind of dive in real quick and kind of just give a, a quick breakdown?
1: Sure. So the like, I guess the difference is each team has 32, or excuse me, each team has 30 official visits uh, between now and the draft. And, you can bring those in. Certain teams use them differently. I know when Ted Thompson was the general manager of the Packers, he would often use those visits to bring in potential undrafted free agents uh, just for a, a little extra look. Obviously, a lot of teams that pick up near the top of the draft, whether they're looking at quarterback or whatever else, will bring will bring guys in. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the difference. So, like, a lot of the players that we spoke with today they are stating, yeah, well, I'm just in Madison until the draft or until for the next two months we're in Madison. So what they'll do is they'll continue to train and they will uh, all be in Madison. But then some days certain teams will come work them out. Uh, So like for this instance, Michael Dieter um, said he has multiple workouts scheduled in Madison. So, for instance, hypothetically, the Green Bay Packers could come down to Madison and they could bring their offensive line coach or whoever, and they could work out Michael Dieter. They could have him go through a series of drills, a series of tests, um, and they can kind of evaluate him informally that way. Uh, like like we mentioned with the New York Giants, they have their 30 visits. So Michael Dieter would count uh, – it would be one of their 30 official visits scheduled where Dieter will actually go out to the Giants facility, um, and, and visit there and, and kind of meet with their personnel out there. So that's just kind of the difference. There's just the different levels of, um, you know, formality uh, a bit as far as um, how official the workouts are or how thorough the meetings truly are. Um, kind of a lot of the times uh, you can go on an official visit and not get worked out uh, or vice versa, but um, just kind of different levels of um, of informality, I guess, for, for lack of a better term is just uh, – the way to differentiate those. And uh, I guess if, however you want to read into it, if you're one of the 30 official visits of a team at a certain point, um, I think that probably speaks to some level of interest in you or uh, some level of interest in uh, stirring things up, uh, making other teams think something, but regardless um, that's the difference is that each team has the 30 visits Um, But that doesn't limit them to only, like, working out or or meeting with 30 different players. Those are just the official
0: Dieter mentioned he had a visit lined up uh, with the Giants. He has some – he said a bunch of workouts in Madison. Uh, Benchwell mentioned he had a few workouts coming up next week and the week after, uh, which includes the Falcons uh, and the Texans. For David Edwards, he said a lot of private workouts in Madison didn't mention anything about visits yet. Though I'm sure that there will there'll be something along those lines, just uh, predicting based off of his draft stock. When it comes to the Giants, too, uh, Olive Sangapalu, you know, mentioned it. He had visits in early April with the New York Football Giants and the New Orleans Saints. And then for the linebackers, uh, you had you know, Ryan Conley and Andrew Van Ginkle, both mentioned visits to the Vikings. Now Conley's is one of those local visits where it doesn't count. It's a hometown visit, so it's not. uh, Austin Ramish did the same thing with the Green Bay Packers last year. And Alec Ingold will do the same thing for the Packers this year as well to wrap that up quickly. So he'll be in for a hometown visit there. It doesn't count against the 30 uh, essentially official visits these prospects can take to these NFL franchises. So that's for Conley. We don't know for sure about Van Ginkle if it's a local visit or not or a hometown visit, but he did say he was scheduled for a visit to the Vikings as well. Uh, nothing for TJ Edwards from what he told us. Uh, and Dakota Dixon mentioned to us as well that he has to talk to his agent about uh, what's going on next. But outside of that, that's what kind of the the breakdown is right now when it comes to just what, what are the next steps. And so now they'll be in Madison or wherever they want to train and they prepare, they continue. I mean, yeah, I don't know, just uh, you talk to some of these players afterwards and while well, they're going to train they're going to work out and then if they have private workouts they'll go to that if they have to travel out they'll travel out but then after that they're kind of just sitting around so uh so this is kind of the the waiting period uh in between keeping in shape and in training uh, for the next level they they got some free time on their hands so i'll say owen uh before we talk about uh the division three whitewater standout nate truan uh, let's let's go real quick to David Edwards, talk about his day. You know, he had 16 reps in the bench press, uh, still working his way back from injury there, uh, but you'll you'll hear from him just talking about what he did. Here he is on Bucky's fifth podcast.
1: David, what's it been like to spend your time with a couple other offensive linemen and know that there's going to be three guys that are going to be draft picks carrying on that tradition? Um, I, think it's,
6: I think it's really cool. The other thing, too, is we had the chance to train together. Um same thing with TJ so I think it made the transition from college to kind of being a pro a lot easier in my opinion but the tradition of putting guys in the NFL is something that you know we take a lot of pride in and I think it's gonna be really cool. What would you say the other two
1: guys do well? I mean you had to judge them as an <laughs>
3: offensive lineman.
6: I think uh, I think Michael in particular like dude can play any position and play it at a high level like I think if I'm an old line coach or a GM the dude that has that kind of versatility is unmatched. So, I think that too. And then for Bo, um, a guy that has put on a lot of good tape at uh, right guard, um, super athletic dude, um, and also can pass protect well. I mean, I know he could play left. I think, you know, he might get a shot at center too. Like, those, those two guys I, will have no problem trying to find a home at, in an interior position spot. Even Michael might play tackle, you know. So, just the versatility of those guys is awesome difficult was that decision whether to come out or not um i thought it was obviously pretty difficult but uh after talking with my family and people i'm close with it was it was uh it was uh, great because they gave me a little bit of insight in both um what to do just in terms of you know giving me facts on hey if you stay here's what you could happen if you go here's what could happen
0: what what grade did you end up getting back from
6: them i never actually saw it um really? yeah so um, but from what we've heard, it's day two. Do you feel like you're fully back? I know you said you want to go to the combine and show all the, yep. that of the personnel there that there were no more issues. Feel pretty good as you headed for the. Yep, bench. cleared all that. Um, feel really good. Um, still building and bench and uh, my upper body just because I wasn't able to do much in season. Um, but the progress I've made in such a short amount of time is, I think, really encouraging. So.
4: Do you feel like that bench number wasn't? Yeah, your maximum amount you could do?
6: No, no. It, I mean, from where I started in January, being in single digits to now, you know, being 16, it's, I mean, I'm going to continue to grow, so I'm not worried about it at all.
3: Given all that and where you are now, I mean, does this all feel real?
6: Um, It's cool because, like, I remember being a freshman and sophomore, like, coming to pro day and watching all the guys um, work out, like, to be a part of it and kind of show guys, like, hey, I, I was in your shoes at one point. Like, I think it's really cool. But, like I said earlier, like being with, with TJ, Bo, and Dieter, and training with them, and um, coming here and, and working out, like, it's really cool. So it's a dream come true.
1: <laughs> what did the Giants' the line coach put you guys through, or what was it that they wanted to see in the on-field stuff?
6: I think they wanted just to see how we moved, um, being able to bend, a couple flexibility tests, um, but. Run versus bags, being able to anchor, show the pass set, show your feet, just just how you move and, and their drills and how they can evaluate you in person.
3: What was a post workout meeting like with the Giants?
6: Um, so they're they're just basically testing your knowledge. It's they'll get you on the they'll teach you something, get you on the board and then they'll they'll ask you to, you know, basically teach it back or um, and and sometimes like explain your offensive scheme in some in some fashion. Did you meet
4: with him? The Combine, too,
6: or the, the Giants, yeah, yep, yep. So, I met with Coach Hunter at the at the combine and then just met with him right now. I Bo and Michael said all of you guys are flying out there with Kapoy as well, or something, meeting with the Giants, or are they coming here or something? Like that? Yeah, they, they come here, okay, yep, yep. Do you think
4: there's
6: um, not right now, I have a lot of um private workouts set up though.
0: Um, here. here, yep, yep. You feel like, um, there's been just from talking to teams, that do they have concern about? Um, you know your injury from last year still, or some of the tape you put down, or had. no um, feedback I've gotten
6: medically is it's, it's it's all good, it's all clear and um, healthy, ready to go. So um, I have I personally have no concern, um, and I've expressed that to the teams and medically, same thing. What was the most fun thing you did in California when you were with you guys? <laughs> Ooh, um, that's tough. I so there's a steakhouse called Match Mastros. Um, that we hit up a, plenty times. They have a butter cake,
1: <laughs>
6: and it is unbelievable how good it is. They had we we had one time. They had like a special. It's usually vanilla, but this time it was chocolate, and it was like oh my, it was awesome. <laughs> did you go to In and
1: Out?
6: I did. Yeah. Okay.
1: Which is which better, In n Out or Culvers?
6: Uh, wow. I'm from
1: LA. Putting you know. Put me on the spot. <laughs> this is honestly, this is not a, a close competition.
6: I <laughs> personally, I'm an in and out guy. Oh,
1: wow! Thank I you. am an in and out guy. Might be the
6: but I need to say I need to say that I love Culver's too. <laughs> it's one-two. It's right there.
5: Okay, accessible. Cool.
0: <laughs> you um getting used up used to uh, eating really fancy already? Going to the steakhouse yeah, and right. stuff. Yeah, no. right.
6: We went there. Um, once after um, the combine, just like a celebratory dinner. So, but yeah, Mastro's is really good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was David Edwards. And talking about another offensive lineman, you know, from Whitewater, you know, you had Nate uh, Truwin, who, you know, performed pretty well, I would say. And, you know, 20, was it 26 reps on the bench press, which was solid for him. Uh, and really, I, I he was at the you know, NFL PA Collegiate Bowl with Taiwan Deal and Rafael Gaglianoni. What did you think of his performance and, and, and overall for his stock? What, what, what goes, what, what's next for him, and, and where do you see him potentially going? Is it a day uh, – I take it more of a day three guy and into undrafted free agent, priority free agent territory?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, a bit of an aberration a couple of years ago when Ali Marpet uh, went in the, the day two uh, out of Hobart. Uh, a Division three school out east. But I think he's, th- a couple things you look for when you're looking at a small school guy. One, did he dominate his competition? Truen did. It uh, was I- immediately evident when you watched the film, uh, he stood out. He plays, he's pretty athletic, uh, pretty impressive that way. Not often uh, that offensive coordinators will scheme plays up to have their center pull. They did that. Uh, you know, Peter Jennings did that at, at Whitewater with Truen and he plays mean, I think, is the biggest thing. Uh, I know I spoke with his, his uh, offensive line coach today, uh, Brent Allen, and he kind of mentioned that. He, he's what you look for in an offensive lineman. He's very nice off the field. He's a good person, uh, but can be a bit of a dick on the field, and that's what you're looking for. The other thing when you're looking for a small school guy is you want to see if he belongs or if everything is, um, you know, seems right. And, and, and at no time today did, did Truen look out of place – um, you know, working through these individual drills, he's working with Michael Dieter and Bo Benshaw and David Edwards, who are all uh, future NFL draft picks. And, and even Micah Capoy, who, while I don't think that he'll get drafted, uh, is a guy that has been a valuable reserve and, and at times spot starter for UW for multiple years. So just the fact that Truan didn't look out of place, I think, is probably the biggest endorsement you can have. Like you mentioned, uh, he got one of those rare... Uh, college all-star game invites for a small school guy. And I think he made the most of it. And, uh, you know, he looked he looked well, performed well. I think the biggest thing uh, you notice with him is that he's a bit tight. Uh, you know, they the first thing the offensive line coach uh, coaches did, the one from the Eagles was there, although I don't believe it was their main line coach, but he put them through just some general, like, athleticism, just general stretching stuff. And you could tell right away he had them touch their toes and then uh, stick their arms out and squat. Uh, and and kind of sit with their legs apart and reach as far as it could. You saw he was a bit tight. I think that's something that you maybe look at. But the workout numbers were there. I mean, he had 26 reps on the bench, uh, so he's not <laughs> as good of a football player as I am. But I think that was impressive for Truen. And uh, you know, he like I said, he looked the part. He ran a four uh, excuse me a five three eight, which is fine. He's a center, uh, and and I know he mentioned uh, after after the practice that uh, the ability to play guard um, makes you a bit more valuable. But I think he's he's played the four-year starter in college at Center. Uh, he redshirted his first year at uh, Minnesota Mankato and then uh, started as a redshirt freshman out there for uh, his f- whole freshman season uh, and then transferred back home to Whitewater. Uh, he's a Milton native. So uh, I think it was a good day for him. Uh, it's not often, I think, that probably that the small school guys get as much attention at uh, a power five pro day especially in particular a guy that's a division three prospect you know whether if it was an fcs player or something i think it would probably carry a bit more fanfare but i thought Truen looked pretty good and uh it was kind of cool too when when they're going through the workouts and stuff uh you know a lot of the players cheer each other on and then that was no different with uh with true uh working out with the badger guy so i thought that was cool and um it just another a bit of an interesting wrinkle uh to the pro day but uh, I thought I thought he performed well, and I think you know we we saw he was speaking with uh, with former Packer uh, offensive lineman Adrian Clems, the assistant O line coach with the Steelers. Um, you know, and I saw he was watching intently throughout the O lines workout. So um, whether it was UW guys or or the small school uh, UW Whitewater um, prospect and true, and I think it was a productive day for for all of the offensive linemen in Madison and. Uh, like I said, a, a bit of a different wrinkle, but but something that was welcomed, too, uh, to see. It was the first time since that I can remember since uh, since we've been covering them, or at least since you and I together the last three or four years, that they've had the small school guys participate with the UW players. Uh, and like I said, the fact that he didn't stand out as seeming not, uh, or he, he didn't stand out that he didn't belong, I think is probably about all you need to know about Nate Truen.
0: On that note, let's, let's hear from the Whitewater standout and P- PA Collegiate Bowl participant here for a few minutes here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast.
4: All right, so first up, what's this whole experience like for you being a small school guy? Yeah, obviously, it's a great opportunity to be out with these uh, the Scots and all linemen, uh, those big three, big four guys uh, being looked at by almost every NFL team. So it's great to get my name out there as well, and get looks from those teams as well
3: would like to see that wall
4: of scouts out there you know, phases. um it doesn't really phase me i mean they come into our practices they they stand out to the side and just look at you so i've gotten used to it during this process but obviously like that it doesn't make you nervous but you realize it you went to one of the all-star games as well through this process have you felt like you belong you're yeah. at this level and the next level
1: beyond?
4: Yeah, I mean, I size up with all these guys. I'm able to play with these guys. I showed that during the NFLPA game, so like I said, it's a great opportunity to go against these guys and show that I'm able to play with them. When did you realize this might be a reality being a pro player? Uh, Probably the last year when the Vikings and the, the Bears came in and tested me out, and then Our first practice during the fall, we had a Cowboy scout come out, and I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but he came over right away, introduced himself, so obviously when that came when that happened, I realized that this is a possibility for me. Give me a couple words talking about what this means to you being here, Uh, obviously being from Wisconsin and Milton. Here at Badger Pro Day, obviously with Whitewater, but just something what it means to yeah. you. Yeah, obviously, going to the NFL has always been a dream for me, uh, something I work towards oh, yeah. every day, and this is a step uh, during that process. So it's a great honor to be here. I'm lucky for the UW football system to allow me be here to be here, so absolutely. I'm very grateful. What was That's it like great. going against some of those guys uh, in the individual drills? Yeah, I mean, during the NFL PA game, I was. A great I was uh, working with a lot of, a few SEC guys, ACC guys, so, um, I mean, I size up with those guys, so, it just felt normal.
0: Is that validated for you, after your college career, to be able to come to this kind of thing and feel at home?
4: I mean, I was knew I could play with these guys, I've obviously, watching TV, you look at these guys, and you're like, holy crap, they're huge, but, and so I got in here, and I'm sizing up with these guys, and, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be have, is your agent anybody giving you a realistic like, hey, expect this? I mean, do you, do you expect to get drafted? Is it just get an invite? Right. What kind of is the goal? I guess. Yeah, there's there's projections out there, but obviously I'm gonna take it one day at a time. And once that April, end of April comes, we'll see where I'm at, and we'll go from there. What's the hardest part of this process for you? Thanks, Nate. Probably just the waiting game. I mean, it's been since I started working out in December. Now we're at March, just working on pro day stuff. And now it's just a waiting game until I'm ready What have you been working on besides getting your drills kind of faster as far as
2: what you want to show NFL teams at this point?
4: A lot of footwork. um, I think a big attribute of mine is my athleticism. So being able to show that off. And then with my strength, being able to show that off. So that's just really what I've been working towards.
1: team's just working you at center. They're working you at guard as well. Um, it's a mixture of both. Obviously you're more
4: valuable if you are a center guard combo. So I've been working a lot at guard as well. Uh, obviously in college, I really only played center with the exception of three games at left tackle. So I really haven't been able to show that I can play at left guard. So that's why I've been working at and showing that I can do that here.
0: We are starting to wrap up the show. Thank you guys for listening. We, I know we're busy. Hopefully we're not completely flooding your podcast. Actually, we hope we are. We hope you guys are listening and we'll tell you where to find us more at the end of the show, but kind of closing thoughts on today. And I guess, I guess with observations and findings, um, I guess there's just some interesting, I guess really what I want to get into Anything that stood out to you, Owen, when it came to, I guess, in your opinion, just the uh, what went down? Any, any observation? I mean, did it? Maybe the biggest question here, and maybe we'll cut. Make it this, this short and sweet. I mean, you know, we saw giants. The giants personnel working both with the you know offensive linemen and linebackers. Um, you saw whenever a position group was working. You'd have you know three or four coaches working more hands on within five to ten yards of the guys. You know one guy like Hal Hunter, the Giants' old line coach, giving directions. And we saw you know the Eagles' personnel, and then a Titans' personnel right next to them and then a Buccaneers' personnel too working under center. When um, you know, I think maybe one observation is Michael Dieter was getting reps at center. Uh, They're working them there, along with some guard work. But you also saw like the periphery. You saw all the other personnel looking on, and then when the linebackers came, you'd have the same thing. You have a, it was actually the Giants guy, and then you saw you mentioned it, uh, Mike Zimmer's son from the Vikings working them out, and then uh, the, the Dolphins. I don't know if I saw the. I think the Steelers personnel, one of the Steelers personnel, was working them out too, uh, the linebackers and, and others. But then you saw everybody else just stand back and, and from the periphery take it in and, and take notes. Um. Anything else stand out for you from the day, just watching and observing?
1: Yeah, I think in particular, you can tell the teams that have prioritized uh, sending guys here. Obviously, all 32 teams were were present, but at least three to four Giants personnel that I saw, and again, at least three to four Steelers as well. So I think there's certain stuff where you can read between the lines. It's not some guarantee that the Giants or Steelers are going to draft Michael Dieter or, or any other of the Badger guys, but uh, I think it's certainly um, pretty noticeable. Uh, I think the Dolphins had three or four as well, like I said, including Reggie McKenzie. So you can tell what teams are at least prioritizing uh, having personnel attend. Uh, and I I think this was kind of just – it was a year of, of the line. You know, there weren't – the Badgers didn't have any receivers participating and with Taiwan Beal not doing on-field stuff, they really didn't have any running backs um of note i guess uh chris james performed uh reserve running back um who had a, I, I would say a, probably a bigger role as a junior um than as a senior and uh former uw graduate uh surge trezy or at least former uw football player surge Trezzi, um and rashid ibrahim both uh who exhausted their collegiate eligibility after 2017 were working out there with ingold so um probably this was a big guys uh, a big guys workout it was all linebackers and offensive linemen uh for the most part and and that was probably something that stood out and so a team like the giants who um with dave gettleman as their gm is is always emphasized and and prioritized the uh, the front seven on off or on defense and the offensive line on offense and and being strong in those trenches i think that trying to to read the tea leaves a bit um you can get some stuff there but uh like i said just being able to re, uh, recognize which teams um, have allocated more personnel than others, I think, can can mean a lot as well.
0: My last question for you before we get to Olivier Sangapalu's audio, which you, I think people will enjoy. It was a great conversation with him. Anything change in terms of your, the player standings after today, or is it? To me, numbers can mean. To me, I feel like numbers can can break you more than they can than they can make you right now. And with Wisconsin and just, I think you know what you get with a lot of these players. I mean, I think Dakota Dixon standing helped with that. I think Andrew Van Ginkle's maybe helped. But did anything else change in your opinion for player standings?
1: See, it, to me, this is it's a bit of an odd thing because they shouldn't. Uh, you know, you use the pro day. Um, and you use the combine, they should be for like a cross checking exercise because by the time you see any by the time that these teams uh, get to this point, they have a, they have multiple reports um, you know likely on each player, and they've got at, at the very very least a more than general picture of their athleticism or their abilities. So when you've got they said if you see, and we'll use this as an example, Dakota Dixon, right? you have your your scouting report on Dakota Dixon prior to the combine so when he goes and runs a 481 at the combine either that's what you saw on tape or you saw something different so if you saw that on tape that should confirm to you well yeah it's about what we thought he would be and if you didn't think that if you thought he would run significantly quicker then you say well maybe we need to go back to the tape maybe we got to to review this a bit more so then you get to pro day and then if you think that Dakota Dixon ran a 4 8 1, or if you thought he was slower and then he had that slow time at the Combine, if you're a team, you're like, well, maybe we have to look a little more, but maybe it's just because it's maybe it's some home cooking with the with the times. And if you thought that Dakota Dixon was fast, then you say, Well, see, the Combine it wasn't him. You know, he was it was the fourth day that they were there and they're tired and and you know, now he's in his environment. And and this was the time we thought. So you, like I said, this shouldn't dictate your opinion on a player how fast or slow they run at the combine or at their pro day. Uh, just more so for confirmation. Like I said, and if there was um, some type of discrepancy from one to the other, well, then you got to go back and you got to double check. Um, but I, I don't. Maybe to, you know, in the grand scheme of things, did did some players probably maybe walk themselves up uh, up a bit? in uh, on some teams boards sure but i guess like it probably shouldn't uh because like i said more so these these are kind of cross-checking exercises they shouldn't be uh influencing uh, an opinion or a, an evaluation of a player so i might be a bit different on that that might just be me maybe teams uh, think of this differently but um i don't think probably team or players like changed you know today like it, to me if a player changes in the standings they must have gotten better or worse And these football players haven't played a football game since January or December. So they are what they are. Um, And like I said, whether or not they test like you think they would or not, um, it's kind of a bit of a cross checking measure and um, just kind of confirming what you see.
0: Let's get, uh, before we wrap up the show, one more interview, Olivier Sangapalu talks about his preparation and how how we thought he did uh, along with just uh, like I said, some confirmation of the visits and more. Here on Bucky's fifth podcast. How the
3: uh, shoulder feel today? Shoulder feels great. Uh, kind of talking to everybody. I mean, I really wasn't going to do much, but um, kind of came out excited, pumped to kind of be working with the guys, especially, and got some good numbers today. So excited. Shoulders feeling great. It's good to be able to get in front of the scouts after not getting not getting invited to come. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of questions that people had, that scouts had about me, and luckily today, I mean, I kind of showed them. Who I am and how athletic I was. So, I mean, moving through the drills, I mean, it felt comfortable, it felt good to kind of be out there. Especially having like everybody here, it's exciting. A little bit of chip on your shoulder, though, now, you know, having not been invited? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily a chip. It's just, I mean, God has things for me, planned for me. And uh, whether it's coming out today and just doing my best or just coming out and talking to scouts, luckily, man, I, go, I got to go out and participate and do the best that I can. And I'm excited. I'm excited for what the future holds. Leave it when you're down on the sand. I think it was the biggest cheer when you were jumping. What does that mean to have your teammates and, and everybody pulling for you Is that? It's high? exciting, it's exciting, especially if you see a big man trying to get that high. <laughs> I mean, not gonna have to tell the doubters that I can actually flip. So <laughs> most people kind of doubt I can flip because I've been hurt, but luckily I showed that in the vert. Uh, good number, good number, but I mean, still a lot more I can improve on.
5: Did you lobby for a backflipping drill out here in front of the team? <laughs> yeah,
3: they actually told me to do a backflip over there on the field, but I told them, not yet, not yet. <laughs> Private I mean, workouts. Exactly. Yeah. Private workouts, I'll I'll show a little something, something, but at the moment now. Just try to soak it in and enjoy it Do you have any visits set up? Yeah, I have a uh, two visits set up in early April. So I'll just kinda wait on that and right now just kinda sit by my phone taking work start working out and stuff again. Where are those? Uh New York and New Orleans. Jets or Giants? The Giants.
4: What's an NFL team gonna get
3: if they decide this last like, you? Yeah you are going to get a guy who's going to come in work every day. I mean, for me, I feel it's the little things that help me in my game. Um, I try to be very prestigious in the little, tech, in the little things because that's what kind of makes the bigger picture. What's it like to achieve a dream or to be on the verge of achieving another dream in your career? It's exciting. It's a humbling experience. Kind of just having my mom here with me, it's, it's, it's awesome for both of us. I mean, Young, I mean, at a young age, she's the reason why I was able to start football at an early age and get to where I am now. So, I mean, by her and by the grace of God, this is where I'm at, and I'm excited to be here. And then, you reach out to your friend's advice in this whole process? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely talked to Domasaw, kind of asking him what to expect. Our biggest thing he says say is just go out, do everything for God, and just be yourself. You don't have to change anything because they already know who you are, but I'm just kind of coming out here and showing what you can do
1: any teams talked to you about like any uh, nickel sub dropping weight or anything to play inside uh, they're more just base oh uh, zero one type
3: stuff i haven't really talked too much x's and those with teams right now um a lot of them said they're pretty happy with my weight right now uh kind of moving through all the drills i looked like i was fluid especially at a low weight for me i weighed in today at 324. so i mean when i was playing here i was like 340 342 my heaviest <laughs> i mean losing all the weight kind of helps with Looking more athletic, so definitely helps. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, jumping out with the 30, and it's awesome. We are wrapping up.
0: It's we got you guys pretty much a full hour. It was worth the content here on Bucky's fifth podcast. We got one more dropping Thursday night, late. Jesse Temple from The Athletic will be on talking running backs and cornerbacks for spring football. A great conversation. I promise you it's a lot less time. It's about 25, 30 minutes of your time uh, compared to this hour-long episode. You can tell how passionate Owen and I are about Pro Day, uh, and it's. I think some of the conversations were really solid from the players, too, in opening up, and I think there's a lot of great information here and, what, and what's to come for these now former Badgers that make their way to the next level. Owen, my friend, tell them where they can find us on sh- social media.
1: Absolutely. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. You can see all the, the beautiful pictures that Jake uh, took today at the pro day. You can see those on our social media accounts and and you can find the podcast where again, we're very happy to be a part of the SB nations team brands uh, network. And uh, you can find us anywhere uh, that you can find podcasts, whether it's on, you know, Apple podcasts or Google podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud or, or anywhere else. Um, you know, we're, we're, like I said, we're trying to bring you uh, as, as comprehensive and, and uh, as quality badger coverage as we can and um, you know, anywhere you can find us uh, the better. So any of those locations as well. uh, And like I said, make sure to check out our social media accounts as well. Uh, You know, Jake and and a couple other photographers we have do some great work uh, catching those action shots.
0: And then also what type of reviews do we need for the podcasts?
1: Rob Van Dam five-star frog splash reviews.
0: Exactly. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Like I said, we appreciate the incoming reviews. We're only going to make this podcast stronger and then tune in obviously Thursday night, again, our third episode of the week. And then hopefully we'll take a little bit of a break until maybe Monday, uh, or, or sometime early next week to we'll talk some March madness, talk seating. We'll talk more basketball coming up as well. So, uh, of course, find Owen on Twitter at, at R I E S E draft me at J Coco B five Q follow the B five Q Twitter handle. Obviously going forward, especially with basketball coming up and make sure you guys listen to the podcast earlier this week on Sunday from Brian Butch. That was a fun conversation with the former big, big man from Wisconsin who now has his own radio show up in the Fox Valley. So check that out for Owen Reese for all the, for yeah, all of us this week, man, it's been great. This is Jake Okorowski. We'll catch you guys next time on Bucky's Fifth Podcast.